Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mornings with Ron. I'm so glad to have you with me again. Thank you for all of my listeners here in the United States and all my friends on the other side of the pond. Glad to have you as a part of uh, this week's podcast. You know, and I try to decide what I'm going to talk about. Sometimes I have to go back and look at some of the previous writings that I've done, either writings that were part of my book or writings that I've done as part of my blog. I've been thinking a lot lately about what's going on in the world around us and the divisions that we see in society and in families and, uh, you know, not just in different countries, but right here in our own country as well. I was thinking about how life would be if we just accepted each other for who we are and all work together to try to make life's path that we're all trying to navigate easier for all of us. And it's probably unrealistic and it's certainly a utopian thought. But, you know, sometimes I sit and dream about that and think about if we were all trying to help each other and do the things that we need to do to make our lives better. What a what a great thing and a great place the world would be to live in. And it wouldn't be the struggle that we seem to be having lately as we go throughout our days. So this week, I wanted to talk about some of the the writings that I've done around this particular subject. And the first one that I wanted to start with was one that I titled, What If We Never Learned There Was a Difference? The events of the world have been weighing heavy on my mind, and our senseless inability to simply share love and compassion with all those around us, no matter who they are, makes me sad for a world that we could be living in. Recently, a question popped into my mind that continued to expand the more I thought about it. I asked myself this, if we had never been taught that there was a difference between black and white, would there have ever been a difference? As I began to ponder this question, the ramifications of the answer to that expanded far beyond simply black and white. I started to apply the same question to all the things that we have come to believe as different simply because society has deemed them so. The prejudices that are taught to us from an early age, influenced by our surroundings and socioeconomic influences, ultimately determine what we ourselves believe. That which we experience along our life path continues to affect beliefs that we established in our early years. We start to see why it's so difficult to change that which we have been conditioned to see as normal. Now think for a moment what the world would be like if we had not been conditioned to judge, hate, discriminate, or compartmentalize. Think what it would be like if we were not separated into black, white, brown, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, gay, Republican, Democrat, and the list goes on. What if we all simply fell into one category, human beings all doing our part to navigate our life path the best that we know how? The world would immediately be void of prejudice, hate, suicide, self-harm, mental illness, and all the things we force on people simply because we try and make people who we want them to be or fail to accept them simply for who they are. If we had never been taught that they are different, then different would have never existed. There's no question that these are thoughts of a utopian world. However, we all have in us the power to make that world a reality. When we see the world through the eyes of love and compassion and accept all people for who they are, we begin to influence those around us to do the same. If we can plant those seeds now, we offer future generations a chance to live in a world far different than that which we are currently experiencing. We see signs of that happening already. If we nurture and grow those seeds, the possibility of a much different world could actually become a reality. 
plant your seed today and begin to make the change that the world so desperately needs. I've been fortunate and lucky to be able to uh, travel around the world. And when you do that, you get to see other societies and how they live and how people interact with each other and how people take care of those within their own community. And recently, I was watching an episode of the Stanley Tucci special as he's traveling around Italy. And I noted when they went to buy cups of coffee, there were two of them and they bought three. And the reason they gave for this was because you always buy an extra cup in case someone comes along who wants a cup of coffee who can't necessarily afford it. And I thought, what what a great thing to do to actually take care of other people in your community um, in that way. And this next message I titled, The Beauty of Diversity. I've had the privilege of visiting countries all over the world. And as I traveled around these areas, I am struck by the beauty and diversity that people bring to not only the culture, but the lifestyles of those that live in these areas. As I traveled and observed, I wondered what each of these places would have been like if there were only people from the local areas that were part of these cultures. Think about that for a moment. If you enjoy an Indian meal, yet you had no Indian immigrants to bring their spices and recipes, how would that be possible? The same goes for Chinese, Vietnamese, African, and others. What if everyone spoke the same language, looked the same, ate the same food? At what point would that become boring, mundane, and leaving us wanting for something different? While countries work hard to do everything in their power to close their borders to those that are different, we seem to forget that none of us were original settlers of our beautiful lands. Originally, we all came from somewhere far away, and arriving, we brought new ways of life, new ways of thinking and a vast diversity that enhanced the place that we would occupy and call home. On one trip, I got to visit my ancestral home of Rochester, England. While walking the grounds, I imagined those that walked before me. I wondered what they had experienced, how they had lived, and what ultimately brought them to the land that we call America. The ruined castles and homes no longer inhabitable gave me insight into how those that came before me lived before they discovered the new world. One thing I realized more than anything else is that we are all only as good as the sum of the parts that make up the fabric of who we are. The mixture of cultures stand at the forefront of what makes living all that more fun. Experiencing the world through others' eyes and appreciating what they offer to our world is what makes life great, exciting, and even grand. One of my greatest passions is seeing different parts of the world. I've been doing that since my senior year of high school. Never once have I returned from a trip and not basked in the awe of what the many cultures of the world have to offer. Never once have I not appreciated the contributions they make to not only my world, but our world as a whole. I seem to feel like lately that um, the world has become unfamiliar. Um, It's not the same world that we're used to, and it's certainly not the same world that we grew up in, and we expect the world to change But this is even more unfamiliar than I think we've experienced in times past. And so I aptly titled this next message, Living in an Unfamiliar World. Like many people in the world, I've been trying to come to grips with what is going on in the world around us and exactly where I fit in this new and unfamiliar world. And for a person who tries to stay upbeat and positive, I'm finding it more difficult, but not impossible, as I watch the division in the world, our country, And even in our own families, it has changed the very way we live. 
And suddenly, trying to do the right thing makes some look at you like a monster with two heads. Not doing the right thing makes you a target for social media that spreads at lightning speed. As I focused on this, it's here where I landed. The ability to make a difference lies within ourselves. Living our life to make everyone else happy is impossible. Living life to make ourselves happy is a much easier task. When we extract ourselves from what everyone else is doing and focus on what we ourselves are doing, life becomes much more manageable. At the end of the day, is it everyone else that we have to answer for? Or is it the life we lead and the example we set for others that really matters? The key for me getting through this past year has been to focus on my well-being, both mentally and physically. A regular exercise plan, followed by meditation, has allowed me to stay sane in an unfamiliar world where all the things I would normally do currently don't exist. Dinner with friends, trips overseas, and family gatherings have been replaced by alone time by the pool, hours on end in my house, and trips to the grocery store turning into a major outing. While I've been dismayed by the action of others, I'm not let it become all-consuming as I focus on keeping me and my family safe. I do wonder what it would be like if we were all navigating these difficult waters together rather than apart. If we were supporting each other, no matter our difference in personal or political beliefs. If we were spending our time helping others shepherd through these difficult times rather than making it more difficult. Perhaps a utopian world again, but it doesn't hurt to dream. That brings me back to living in our world. When we are living our truth and what is right for us, that should be what comforts us and helps us get through our days. When we deny others the opportunity to affect our goal of making our life path the best that it can be, we have more time to focus on that goal for ourselves. When we are doing what we believe is right, having compassion for others, and doing what we can to leave the world a little better off than we found it, that should make us content with the person that we are striving to be. This next message is kind of special for me because several years ago, I learned to play the game of Mahjong. And in the Mahjong world, I got to meet um, a lot of people of the Jewish faith and learn a lot about what they do. And the Mahjong community is a community where there's a lot of compassion and caring for others, helping each other with their causes. And so it got me to thinking about some of my trips that I took overseas and my experiences with things that uh, are part of the Jewish history and culture. And so I titled this next message, I'm not Jewish, but I could be. Several years ago, when we saw the horrors of what happened in Pittsburgh, I, at that time, I thought it was important to express my experiences with the Jewish faith and how my life had been touched over the years by that faith in so many ways. I'm very fortunate to have many Jewish friends and to see a community ripped apart as what happened in Pittsburgh was something that tore at my soul. In my senior year of high school, part of my senior trip included a stop in Germany where I had the opportunity to visit the concentration camp in Dachau. If you've never been to a concentration camp, it's impossible to describe the feeling that you get while standing in front of the ovens where so many people of the Jewish faith were burned. The barracks, the courtyards, the gas chambers, and the stark reminders of very dark days all make for a bold realization that this horrible event was real, powerful, sad, and unnecessary. The air in the camp was heavy and cold despite the camp being set in southern Bavaria, some of the most beautiful country in the world. As I stood there, I realized that I wasn't Jewish, but it hit me just the same and I realized that I could be. 
Fast forward 30 years, and I find myself standing in the middle of the Jewish cemetery in Prague, Czech Republic. After my experience in Dachau so many years earlier, I needed to educate myself more about this era that some foolishly denounce as never happening, while others faced it firsthand. As I stood among the broken tombstones in the cemetery and saw the desecration of what should have been most sacred ground, I cried. I wept for those that lacked the basic understanding of human decency to accept people for who they are, what they believe, and who they love. And inside the Children's Museum in the cemetery, I saw the writings of the children that had a hope for a better tomorrow. I saw the drawings, the color, and the resilience in the face of adversity at a time when their hour was most dark. It was then that I again understood that I wasn't Jewish, but I could be. Fast forward another few years, and once again, I find myself immersed among the Jewish faith as I learn to play and love the game of Mahjong, an ancient game brought to modern times that comes with a sense of community, compassion, and love that is hard-pressed to find in today's times. I get to be around some of the most amazing women and a few men on the planet. They are there for each other in their times of need, celebrate successes, support each other in their causes, and accept those of non-Jewish faith as if they were their own. They are rich in history, cemented in belief, and full of love and understanding. Our ability to grow as human beings comes from the compassion and love that we show towards others. We don't have to agree with who they are, how they live their lives, or what religion or political affiliation they have. We, however, have an obligation to let others live in peace with their own lives, following their own paths that feed their heart and nourish their soul while we do the same with ours. Growing up, my doctor was a Jewish man in a small town in Florida that didn't even know what the word Jewish meant for the most part. My boss who hired me into my last job was a Jewish woman who went on to become an amazing part of my life. Now I am surrounded by many Jewish women on a regular basis that love and support me for who I am and ask me to be nothing different. I stood in front of that children's museum in Prague wearing the traditional yarmulke. I knew I wasn't Jewish, but I also knew I could be. In this final message, I really uh, was actually looking at a candle one day, and I was thinking about how, if you look at everyone in the world, how we really are all one, part of one uh, magical thing that makes uh, up the universe. And I titled this uh, last message, We Are All One Big Candle. How many times in our life have we come across those that seem to only make themselves feel better by making other people feel worse? Rather than put in the work and dedication to make their lives all that it can be, they elevate themselves by tearing down those around them. We see this over and over in the business world and unfortunately at times in our own personal world as well. On the outside, there are those that seem like everything in life is easy for them. They have everything, things simply come to them, and they live a life that many only dream of. It isn't because these people happen to just be lucky. It's because they have discovered the secret of living a happy and abundant life that becomes their mantra as they move along life's path. Alternatively, there are those that seem to live in mire no matter what they do. Yet the one thing they seem to be missing is to focus and work on their own lives rather than what everyone else has. The only way they can elevate themselves internally is to blow out everyone else's candle. Our life path decisions are totally up to us. The beautiful thing about that path is that as we work to make our lives better and promote and support people in the process, the more our lives are enhanced. 
we are all connected in spirit and enhancing the spirit of one of our fellow humans sets off a chain of events that enhances our own lives as well. Supporting each other in our endeavors, charities, adventures, and life work further strengthens our own foundation, which in turn gives us even greater strength to uplift others. So many times in the corporate world, I have seen people use others as stepping stones to get themselves to where they want to be. For a period of time, they may seem successful and get to those elevated levels, but inevitably their demise eventually comes, and usually by their own actions. Those who choose to climb the ladder and take others along with them on the journey seem to be the ones that thrive the most and go on to be great leaders and do great things. As you go through life, remember that it's important to celebrate ourselves, but equally important to celebrate others as well. While we may each have our own candle, they all culminate into one big universal candle that needs to shine just as bright as our individual ones. And there you have it, another episode of Mornings with Ron. You know, I as I go back and, and reread or revisit some of my old messages, it's interesting to see what I'm feeling at any given time and how that feeling carries over into later experiences or later times in my life, or how I'm able to go back to those stories to help me rejuvenate something that I'm trying to think of or something that I'm trying to get through or something that I'm trying to deal with at any given time. I really do struggle with the way we are treating each other in the world today. And I hope that as we exit all of this that's going on around us uh, and come out on the other side, that we come out a more kinder, a more kinder people, more compassionate people and people who will you know, look out for each other and help us all make our lives just a little bit better. So I hope something that I've said in one of these messages resonated with you and that you're able to use something in them to help you navigate your life path. Thank you for being with me today. I look forward to our next time together. Be well and be safe.